supposed to go first here's my okay you ready in 10 9 no just go that's a painfully <laughs> slow countdown yeah yeah well, maybe i'll start even higher welcome to another episode of modern dadhood this is an ongoing conversation about the joys challenges and general insanity of being a dad in this moment and my name is adam flaherty i'm a father of two daughters six and three And my name is Mark Checkett, and I'm a dad of twin boy toddlers. You're a fatherhood expert. I'm an expert in all things fatherhood. What would you like to know about? I'll tell you. Anything. Hit me. This is your your personal AMA. How do you have the birds and the bees conversation? Um... YouTube? (laughs) I think that's what it is, yeah. um, Give them a few search queries to run. Exactly. Uh, No, I would say we're far from experts, Adam. However... Uh, one could make that case for our guest today. I'd put him in that category. I would concur. Scotty Azari is, among other things, an award-winning producer and narrative designer uh, and creator and host of the wonderful and very entertaining podcast, Imagine Neighborhood. It's very entertaining. Ugh, I love it. And quirky. Yes, yes. A little bit odd. Yeah, totally. But in all the right ways. Yeah, and I think they sort of lean into that, and I think that's that's part of the ethos, and they're they're very fine with that. I'm really excited to chat with Scotty Azari shortly. Same. So, hey, don't change that channel. <laughs> Adam, I have a question for you. Yeah. Throughout quarantine which by the way i think we should start a drinking game uh because i feel like we say quarantine at least a handful of times every episode now Mm -hmm. so maybe we should invite listeners to just hey if you hear the word what word quarantine have a little sip of whatever's in front of you uh so anyway adam throughout quarantine yeah Oh, um, how would you say your kids have been affected emotionally? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, so my daughters, I would say that they are holding up pretty well. Um, I honestly can't think of any ways immediately right now on the spot that they seem to have been affected emotionally by this. No question, like we're seeing more, more meltdowns than we have in the past. But I think that I could easily justify that as they're both getting older and they get on each other's nerves a lot more, you know? And so who knows if that is a byproduct of this period of quarantine, or if that's just the girls getting older and their relationship developing. I do feel lucky that they they have each other during mm. this time. Yes. Because I think for, what do they call it? What do you call it? Alone. What do you call it when you don't have any siblings? Uh, a singleton. Only <laughs> a simpleton. <laughs> yes. I think for the simpleton. No, we, we learned singleton when, when we were pregnant and they were, they refer to a pregnancy with only one, uh, baby as a singleton, but an only child, I think is what you're looking for. 
That's right. Yeah. And it's uh, embarrassing that I, <laughs> I couldn't come up with that term. You don't have um, an only child, so you don't use the term often. There you go. I think that families with only children, um, those kids are probably hit a lot harder by the isolation yeah. of being quarantined. I mean, I remember a lot, a long time ago having a conversation with a neighbor of ours who does have only one child and she's a little older than our, our boys. She's probably, uh, close to four. Um, and they were, they were having some problems pretty early on in this period of time where everyone is working and schooling and being at home. Um, and it, it, Honestly, it makes perfect sense, but it, it, it actually came a little bit as a shock to me. And I felt like such an idiot actually in, in this conversation, because it just, I, I've been so wrapped up in our situation and our kids have each other. Um, and so it wasn't something that I thought about, but, um, but yeah, I mean, parents of a single child have a whole different set of things, that they've had to work through, uh, throughout this time. Oh, totally. Yeah. Being around, uh, other kids similar to them in age, it's so important. And you're right. They're very, the kids are really resilient. It's something that we've all heard, right? Like it, kids bounce back. Um, but it's true. They have this ability to adapt. I think, um, whatever reason it is, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I actually have lately really been struggling a lot with keeping an even temper. And I I think, you know, I think I'm, if you know me, you know me as generally speaking, kind of a happy go lucky bit of a jokester kind of even keel happy go lucky. Don't tell me there's a dark side. Don't spoil this for me. (laughs) Right. That's what I'm doing. I'm I'm just spoiling everything. No, I mean, I, everybody's prone to getting angry or frustrated or fed up or whatever. And, but man, uh, lately it's been really hard and I've been letting my temper get the best of me in front of the kids, which is the thing that it just, that compounds the problem that's going on inside my head. Cause that's the last thing I want to do. Totally. You know, there are these situations where, uh, they're just being kids, you know, and something will happen and I don't have, I, I'm, I'm in whatever weird headspace I'm in and I don't react, you know, the right way, or I react in a way that's just it's just wrong for them and for the situation. So is it like a uh, raising your voice thing in a way that you don't, you don't like to do, or is it like uh, yeah. saying something in a way that's like shaming them rather than trying to be like empathetic? It's, it's more of a quick rush to being dismissive, you know, and there's def I mean, there's definitely some yelling that will happen. And oftentimes it's when the volume level is already at 10 and I'm like, I've had enough of the 10. Let me take it to 12 for a second and see if that, mm-hmm. that has a, a, you know, an effect. I feel like an idiot when I, when that kind of stuff happens, it's like, all right, aren't you old enough? You know, don't you have the tools in your toolbox to get through a moment like that? And that's why I'm so excited uh, to talk with our guest today, Scotty Isari. Scotty is someone who's made it his aim in life to teach children social-emotional skills, Mm -hmm. whether that's through the work that he does with the Nonprofit Committee for Children or the podcast, Imagine Neighborhood. Imagine Neighborhood is a really great 
example of how to take the methodology behind social emotional learning and conveying it in a way that is just so attainable to parents and their kids. Bert, I'm trying to blast off the mock billion and your squawking is making it impossible to concentrate. Macho, what's the problem, pal? <laughs> Scotty Iseri, welcome to Modern Dadhood. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. It's great to have you here, man. We've been, um, since we first connected with you, both Mark and I have spent some time on your YouTube channel and just doing some research on you. You've done a lot of stuff. I've been all over the place. You've it's been true. busy. <laughs> I thought it might be appropriate to, off the cuff, rattle off some career highlights of yours, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> you've worked with WBEZ in Chicago. Um, hold on, hold on. Does that, do you know Peter Sagel? <laughs> I've I've peed next to him at a urinal. Oh, I don't, oh that's like huge! I, if I called the station, I don't think he'd be like, "Scotty, what's <laughs> up?" But that's yeah. that's most of my celebrity stories, frankly, involve like <laughs> being next to them while we're going to the bathroom. So, <laughs> time at John Mahoney, Ira Glass, it's yeah. Oh, that's it. So I so uh, do you guys remember the character <laughs> Jay Peterman from Seinfeld? Oh yeah. He kind of talked like this and said, Elaine, how are you? Come in and come to my office. Yes, he had that silver <laughs> yeah. hair. And uh, well, that's the one celebrity that I have peed next to in a urinal. Oh, that's nice. Adam, have you peed next to a celebrity? <laughs> I was trying to think about it. Um, no. And I used to work at a lot of concerts, like, you know, backstage and stuff like that. So I've seen a lot of people up close and met a handful of famous people. But I don't think I've ever had the honor of urinating next to somebody. You know, there's, you have a lot of life left, Adam. So it's, I think it could happen. Yeah, never say never. It's yeah, my goal. Plenty of time. <laughs> I just got to choose who it's going to be and set my eyes on the prize. Yeah. I think I'll divert my eyes from the, yeah. Go on. From, from <laughs> the, Depends prize. On the prize. <laughs> so you've worked at WBEZ in Chicago. Uh, mm -hmm. You have invented a game. You've created an app. Um, you are the senior product manager at Committee for Children. And they're, creator and host of a just wonderfully entertaining podcast. But we're wondering if we can perhaps start with arguably the most difficult gig you have, which is that you are a dad. I am a dad. Um, <laughs> I have a son who's going into second grade and uh, he's in the other room yelling at his friends on online right now to play <laughs> Minecraft. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And, I'm a, and I'm a single dad. So there's a lot of, you know, like you're, the, the role of dad comes with Everything from emotional support to tech support to uh, playmates to Tucker Inner. And uh, it's, it's a lot to juggle. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, that, you know, I'll admit today it's, you know, it's Tuesday. It was kind of a rough day. Like our first day of school's back to school. We're doing remote schooling is tomorrow. And oh. it's just one of those days where sometimes things don't go right. And that causes some big emotions. And um, I'm saying this out loud because I have also been having big emotions about it today. Like, ah! <laughs> Let's let's let it all let it all out right here. I think this is this a new Chromebook. Wow. <laughs> let this be your therapy session. Yeah, this is the Man, space. How am I doing? Am I doing okay as a dad? Yeah. <laughs> you are doing um, awesome. Thanks, thanks. So, Scotty, between your work with Committee for Children and your podcast, Imagine Neighborhood, your world is very centered around this topic of social emotional learning. For someone who doesn't know what that means. How can you sort of distill that down to sort of the most simple definition or elevator pitch of what social emotional learning is? Sure. Um, 
social emotional learning goes through a lot of names. People know it as mindfulness or emotional intelligence. In the business world, it gets called soft skills or people skills. Um, and that there, are, the, the the overall uh, notion that I like to use is like we've all known people that don't have good social emotional skills, right? We've had that boss, we've had that coworker, we've had that person that you've dealt with that just doesn't know how to how to interact well. But it, it encompasses a variety of skills around things like understanding and managing your emotions and uh, building empathy. And, and the way it pertains to learning is, is skills like a growth mindset, not saying to yourself, I'll never get this right, or I'm never going to be able It's being able to say, I will get it someday, or if I work hard on this, then I will um, achieve it. And so Committee for Children has been around for, it's a nonprofit based in Seattle that's been around for about 40 years and produces uh, a curriculum called Second Step. It's in about half the elementary schools in the country and kids internationally use it as well. It's really about like how to get along and then how to be able to learn, right? If you can't really, if you're, if you're so upset that you can't redirect your energy somewhere else, you're not going to be able to, to, to do, you know, some math problems and stuff. So, yeah. so the overall skill set is of social emotional learning is stuff that's, that's really important and is only now in like the last couple of years, really starting to be seen as something that like, oh, this, this helps with all these other potential pitfalls of learning, that it helps kids be able to calm themselves. It helps kids be able to redirect those angry feelings or express those angry feelings in a way that's healthy rather than freaking out and hitting sure. stuff. Or, yeah. And so the, the, the podcast Imagine Neighborhood was a, a really an attempt to see how do we take this thing that's working really well in the classroom and make it so it's really easy for parents to do? Because that's a huge missing component, right? As much as with any kind of learning, right? Like teachers can, you can have an amazing teacher, you can have a uh, a really ready classroom, but like really that home piece is really important. You know, whether it's parents that help the kids do the homework or, or parents that have the skills that, they, that can help their kids, um, help their kids with learning. And so the same was true with social emotional learning. You can have this great curriculum and teachers that know how to, uh, how to do it and they're nailing it. Kids are only in class like six, seven hours a day, maybe. Right. So we wanted to create something that would be easy and available for, for grownups in a non-classroom situation. And uh, we do it with, uh, with with spaceships and pirates and, and professional wrestlers and all that kind of fun stuff. So that is the Imagine Neighborhood. <laughs> all right. So my uh, ignorance is going to show here. But if someone asked me how social emotional issues present in kids, I think I'd assume that it's things like anxiety disorders or like early signs of depression or, you know, any effects of any sort of abuse or neglect but if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like these things might actually represent sort of the more extreme examples and, and that a big part of the conversation is actually just around managing strong feelings that all kids have or, or that we all have, frankly. So is it correct that like this work is not reserved for young people who've been brought up in dysfunctional families or experienced like some form of abuse? Is that is that accurate? Um, in a sense, I, I feel like, I think there can be an instinct to think of, think of things from a pro, like what's the problem kind of thing. Right. And, and as you say, like there's, there are things with, around anxiety, depression, trauma, right? Like a mm. lot of kids sadly go through a variety of different kinds of trauma. I don't want to give the impression that social emotional skills are like a, a, a cure all for it, but that, that is something that can be affected by, by childhood trauma. But the reality is like with, with social, social and emotional skills, you don't give a toddler a 10 speed and say, great, ride a bike, right? You start them on a little push bike and you're behind them the whole time. Or maybe they start on a trike and they, there's, there's these levels that 
kids get to go up and they learn. And the same is true with things like math. You don't give them trigonometry. You start them with, here's what a number is. No one's born knowing how to talk about how they feel in a way that's helpful and happy. No one knows, no one's born knowing how to, how to take the, the anger inside them and judo into something positive. Um, it takes work and it takes, it takes some, some, some guidelines and some skills to be able to kind of, to kind of get there. So it's really only been in the last few years where, where schools and families and people are, 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 are more in tune with this idea that these are, these are skills you can build. It's not just about being good at something. It's not, you don't just have grit or you don't have grit. The things yeah. that, that you can build in people and, and, um, and they can grow. That's a hopeful thing to think about, right? That you're not born a jerk and you don't have to stay a jerk. You can, <laughs> you can, you can find other ways to not be a jerk. <laughs> yeah. This was not at all a part of my curriculum and it was not really mm-hmm. a part of the discussion in my household either. Um, you know, not to say that empathy, for example, wasn't demonstrated, but was there sort of a, a moment or something, do you think, that was maybe the catalyst for, oh, maybe this is something we should be teaching our kids, you know, or is it really just something that's very sort of a slow rollout to catch on and we just have lots of work to do still to make it part of our regular everyday curriculum that every ch- child gets taught? Uh, that's a great question. I I personally think it's about evolution, and mm. evolution always sort of goes slower than you want it to, right? Um, mm, yeah. That as we grow as people, as as you know, teachers sort of st- as each generation of teachers sort of steadily improves on on the teachers before them, as each parent kind of steadily imp- improves on the parenting skills that they that they experienced, we grow and we change, and so I think research has has grown up around around these skills around how the development of empathy i do think it's also an interesting evolution amongst dads specifically that like we could probably all think of a a, a dad that we might know that is like that just don't talk about you know the sort of stoic kind of stereotype of a dad mm-hmm. and like i think our generation of dad there's, there is a different expectation for the kinds of emotional labor that we take on in the house um, and part of that is just helping our kids be able to talk, to, be able to say, I'm, I'm sorry, or uh, I appreciate this about you or, um, you know, and, and we may or may not have had those experiences from our own, from our own fathers, but, um, but that's kind of the new norm. So to answer your question, I, I think it's something that just sort of has grown and evolved as, as research has improved. And as we've seen more about how kids, um, how kids interact with the world around them when they become adults. I was going to ask you this question and you sort of, you sort of answered it um, in part that as dads, you know, some of us are very comfortable talking openly about emotional stuff and our own struggles. And for some of us, our instinct is to kind of hold that stuff in for any number of reasons. Do you have any other thoughts or recommendations for dads who might find it a little bit foreign to sort of openly discuss their emotions and have those conversations with their kids? What's worked for me is to, like it's it's kind of like uh, when you're on an airplane and they say put your own oxygen mask on before helping others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like some of it's getting right with yourself a little bit first, and like that's a hard first step, right? To say like, okay, what do I need? What do I need to be able to say these things out loud? Or what do I need to think about when I'm thinking about my feelings? And when you have that as a as a base layer, I f- I feel like it gets easier to be able to express that outwardly, right? But it does take that internal work of like asking yourself, why don't I feel comfortable about that? Right. Or why don't I want to do that? What am I big word here? What am I afraid of? The topic of, of that we're talking about is, is, is something that, you know, my, my wife and I have, have always sort of talked about. And I feel like 
I try to be, uh, um, aware, at least aware of like what I'm saying to, to the, the kids and how they're receiving it. A habit that I've found myself falling into is, um, is something like this. Someone falls down or a toy gets stolen from one child by the other, or we're eating our waffles in the morning and they break in half, which is like, man, when a waffle breaks in half, disaster that is a big problem in our house i'll talk about big big emotions <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not sure what it is about waffles but um you know it, well the waffles have to be perfect right if they're broken in half and you only got half a waffle and then there's slightly less because the break that's sorry, it sorry. that's it I big, no that's, I have big feelings about waffles that's right? exactly <laughs> it you so you understand where where my kids are coming <laughs> from you, man. i'm with you right and this and this meltdown ensues and this is something that that can potentially happen. I mean, well, let's just talk about breakfast. It could happen a dozen times in, in that, that period of time. And oftentimes I find myself doing this. I react with a, you know, um, oh, it's okay. Which, you know, in, in the moment, it's, it's as if maybe in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, ignore that and they'll ignore it and we'll get past it and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. And when I think back, when I have the hindsight and I think about it later at night, you know, when I think back to that moment, I think there's another moment where I've potentially missed the opportunity to demonstrate empathy. Mm. And this is a little bit of a joke, but the question is, how terrible of a parent am I that I'm not taking those <laughs> opportunities? But that, but I, I wrote that and I asked that because that's kind of how I feel at the end of the night. You know what I mean? That, that here's an opportunity for me to swoop in, you know, to a scenario where my son is hurting in that moment. And also often I find myself relying on this. That's fine. And it's very dismissive. And I guess I just wonder, you know, I don't know what your take is on that, that type of scenario. And gosh, is there like a, a thing or a, a something I can do to, to wedge in there to say like, ah, oh, before you do the dismissive thing, man, hmm. realize that this is an opportunity. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't think you're a terrible parent. I think, oh, thank God. <laughs> I think having those thoughts is, is, you know, parenting life, life is live, right? It's not like you can go back and edit later. So yeah, everyone's doing the best they can on any given day. And you as a dad are doing the best you can on any given day. And if, if, if the waffle breaking thing is the, the 50th time that it's happened that month and just the waffle thing happened again, you know, like yeah. cut yourself some slack, you know? Yeah. Um, but a, a thing that, that helped me because I remember having those I mean, similar stuff around a shoelace being untied or one, uh, you know, on a hoodie, you've got little strings on a hoodie and oh. one is longer than the other or they are too even. So you got to yank like that kind of stuff was 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 occasionally cause for for some big feelings. Uh-huh. And like the thing that helped me a lot was like taking a moment and going like, OK, what's what's the problem if we cry about this? Like it's loud, it's, you know, it's stressful when, when someone's like having a meltdown in front of you, but like, it's not the end of the world. And, and taking that moment to go like, it really sucks that your waffle broke, huh? Like, that's hard. I'm saying, yeah, it really is hard. You know, like <laughs> finding the room to just have some big feelings can be helpful because it lets you express those and it gives you the opportunity as a dad to say like, yeah, this is hard. Waffle breaking sucks. Let's, let's talk about the suckiness of waffle breaking. Now, of course, like, that's that's in this little bubble where you can have the moment to step back and realize like right. the reality is 
it's the fifth time that's happened in the week and you haven't had coffee yet. And at the same time, there's something else burning on the stove and the other one has spilled their orange juice. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. all the, the, the things around that. that make were, it hard were you to in my house this morning? Because you just described. <laughs> <laughs> I'm describing my breakfast, okay, sir. All right. All right. <laughs> the, the, the chaos around any any given mealtime. That's been my experience of it. I don't know if that works for everybody, but I totally feel you on the like wanting to rewind the tape of the day or like, oh man, I messed that up. But it's almost like there's a, there's an opportunity to there to like, it's one thing to be dismissive to, to them to say, oh, it's fine. But at the same time, it's interesting because you're kind of feeling really some feelings that are very similar to what they're feeling. They're feeling it because of the waffle. I'm feeling it, but I'm feeling it because they're feeling it because of the waffle. (laughs) And it's like, maybe just let that out a little bit. And it's almost a way to like commiserate and get, get onto that level, that whatever level that they're on and like, Hey, let's go through this together. That could really be a sort of cathartic experience for both of us. Mm -hmm. This is a particularly difficult time for, for kids and grownups. And, you know, uh, for our kids, you know, whether it's preschool up through high school or college, you know, they're at the onset of, you know, a far from normal school year. Things are so divisive in the country. Like there's just, there's a lot of stress and a lot of like shit, like trickling down to our kids. And I'm wondering in your line of work, are there predictions about how this time might shape the future of social emotional learning? Oh man. Um, it's really challenging in a lot of ways because there's not one uniform way that, that schools specifically are handling things, right? Like my, my school district is all remote and other schools are trying a variety of other things. So it's not like there's a single uniform experience that the kids are going to have. I think the experience that they're all going to have at some point that I'm certainly going to have is at some point you'll look back and go like, I was pretty messed up yeah. or that was scary or that, you know, but, um, something that I find a lot of hope in is, is when I see things online, I don't do a lot of social media, but I see things online about people talking about masks, right. And that like wearing a mask is a kindness. It's a kind thing you're doing for the people that you're, that you don't know, but you just might come across, right? Like the, the, the person that's, you're about to pass on the sidewalk, they may have someone at home that's immune compromised. They may be immune compromised. They may have asthma and they have other problems, you know, or bare minimum, like they may be a completely healthy person. You don't want them to get sick. So like this mask thing is just a thing we're all doing to be cool, right? We're cool. We're cool. We're going to mask, mask. Um, and so like, I, I've really enjoyed sort of seeing the framing of it that way. And I found a little bit of hope in hearing the, the idea of kindness, having a very concrete, actionable thing that can be done and being a thing that's in the conversation, right? Like, I see some hope when I see the, the the conversation around masking and kindness, and I hope that is something that we can continue to to move towards. Scotty East Harry, thank you so much for all the work that you do with Committee for Children. It's very important work, and for the fabulous Imagine Neighborhood, um, it is just so uh, the type of content and education that the world needs right now. And um, dads, you can find Committee for Children at cfchildren.org. And Imagine Neighborhood can be found pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, all the same places that you find Modern Dadhood. Um, There are also some really great, uh, fun activities at imagineneighborhood.org. Scotty, hope you and your family stay well and stay healthy and look forward to staying in touch. 
Thanks, fellas. I am so grateful to be on the show. I'm a listener of the show as well, so I appreciate having a spot where dads can talk. So congratulations, and thank you for having me. Adam, my friend. What? What? We've reached the point in the episode where we've hit the apex and we're on the downslope right now. Makes me sad. Yeah, well, but here's what I'm wondering. What have you got in that little brain bank of yours in in terms of recurring segments? Because I feel like you got something. Yeah, it's called So That's a Thing Now. And it's not a pretty one. Uh Uh-oh. Here's what's a thing now in my house. Wait, should I get like a snack? No, you're not going to want a snack while I'm telling you this. Okay. Oh, shoot. Okay. Both my girls, six and three, are long potty trained, but it's happened on more than one occasion lately that I have walked by uh, my bathroom or walked into my bathroom to use it, and I looked down in the toilet And looking back at me, is a deuce. Oh, man. It's not my wife's deuce. Right, because you you recognize your wife's deuce immediately. I don't like looking into the toilet and seeing a deuce looking at me. (laughs) Not many people do, I don't think. I'm sure there's a couple. And I'm going to call it out. So I say, girls, who left a poop in the toilet? Mm. Not me. They both say, not me. They both deny it. Uh-huh. And they're denying it to the, to the bitter end. But my six-year-old now is like, like I was telling you earlier, she looks at me and she'd be like, daddy, daddy, like, it was not me. Uh-huh. I have a hunch it's my younger daughter, but I'm not mm. positive. Yeah. And either way, like... One of my kids is straight up lying on my face. Yeah. Yeah. You got a liar on your hands. I got a liar, a forgetful liar. I don't think it's vengeful. I don't think that whoever's doing it is doing it on purpose. I think it's just forgetfulness. Man, that's uh, so you're in this predicament right now, huh? That's a that's a thing now. Yeah. I mean, I've got to think that like when it happens, if I bring it up and, and turn it into kind of a thing. You know, obviously without like shaming them, but like making it enough of a thing that it's like, hopefully eventually it'll stay top of mind. But like, who likes walking into the bathroom and seeing a big shit? You know, nobody does. No. I mean, look, we all know that if it's yellow, you you let it mellow. Sometimes you let it mellow. But if it's brown, come on. Send it, it away. Flush it down. <laughs> if it's pee, leave it be. If it's poo, leave it be. <laughs> I'm going to work on that. But um, you're absolutely right, though. You don't want to make like an overly big deal about it, right? Because then you run the risk of having someone feeling ashamed of it or it having some unintended consequences, you know? It's not like darkening my day, you know, it's not something I'm fixated on, but it's something that I want to try to, you know, get in front of and, 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 you know, try to turn around as quickly as I can. Yeah. This happened a number of times, more times than I can count on one hand, whatever, whatever, right? Like bigger (laughs) fish to fry, but, but bigger deuce to fry. (laughs) 
bigger deuces to flush. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. I don't even want to do the uh, outro anymore. You want me, you want you want to yeah. take a minute now? Yeah, just... you do it. All right, well, folks, you can find us at moderndadhood.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And hey, would you please subscribe if you haven't? It it would just it would make our little hearts go pitter patter, and it takes so little time. And while you're there, if you could give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, it would go a long way. That'd be swell. You can also drop us a line anytime at hey at moderndadhood.com. And we want to thank our friends Casper Baby Pants and Spencer Albee for the music in Modern Dadhood and to Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for his impeccable mixing skills. And also Hold on, I'm gonna do a I'm I'm gonna do a drum roll. Can can you hear it? You're gonna have to roll your tongue. Oh. They're not gonna see you. Here's the thing. I'm gonna mime the drum roll. You're gonna put it in in the edit. All right, here it goes. And thank you to our new intern, Mr. Miles Kruzberg Rosine. Glad to have you, man. I was here the whole time. He speaks! And last, but absolutely not least, thank you for listening. <laughs>